0: Welcome to Built Different, a podcast featuring teams, technology, and trendsetters who are changing the way that we build. I'm Grant Hagen. And I'm Brian Vizaretta. And we welcome you to join a community obsessed with questioning the status quo, creating cultures of innovation, and equipping everyone with powerful tools to quite simply build different. Well, welcome back to the Built Different podcast. Joined with Brian Visereta. I'm one of your hosts, Grant Hagen. Season two, we are finishing things up. This is the second of the uh, reunion episodes. Brian and I are super excited. We hope you guys really enjoyed last uh, reunion episode that aired a couple weeks back. If you haven't heard it, would highly encourage you to go back to it. But we are nearing the finish line, practically on the finish line. Uh, and Brian, what gets you excited about this one? I would say, honestly, just taking the time
1: and writing down like a lot of the lessons learned. Um, it's very easy just have these really good conversations and then not sit down and and try to put some actionable items to it. So we're looking forward to putting this in the form of like written documents and just workshops for a lot of people out there just looking to do this for themselves. So looking forward to the retro, the retrospective portion of this.
0: Yeah. Season two, we're putting a bow tie on it. We hope you guys really enjoyed it. Uh, This one was really fun. We had a lot of fun laughs. Uh, It was hard to hit stop on the recording. I think all these different guests that we had on, they were just super excited to get to meet each other. And to meet you guys, and so to meet you guys, what we are going to do to put a final bow on season two is to do a LinkedIn live stream Thursday, July thirteenth. We hope you guys are excited about that. This is really our reunion with you guys uh, to be on this live stream with us that Thursday, July thirteenth. And so, if you are interested in that, look for more info on LinkedIn. Brian and I will both be there. We may or may not bring a special guest back. We'll see. It depends on who you want us to bring back, but. Thursday, July 13th. So without further ado, let's get to this last, last episode of season two. We thank you guys so much. Season two was amazing, so much fun. And we look forward to seeing you guys on season three coming up at the end of July. So we will see you guys soon. Take care. This is super cool. Uh if I'm being really honest, Brian and I had no idea uh so many of you guys would be interested in coming back, which is just like really fun in itself. But so we just one wanted to start by saying thank you, but um we have some really fun questions we're going to get to one of the things that Brian and I were most curious about is what's been going on since october so we recorded this back almost 9 months ago when ai wasn't even a thing which we'll touch on that I'm sure at some point but <laughs> uh what's fun is i yeah anyone kind of have some like fun updates from october maybe just with conversations that came after your episode uh, or any people that have like reached out from the conversations that you guys have had um Special shout out for you, Char, when we get to some stuff about you. But Char went viral on on Instagram. We have no idea how or why, but his I little quote I don't have Instagram so,
2: <laughs> <This is> <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> so that's that's so, news to me, although I did
0: get some uh, feedback from my company asking,
2: what were you talking about? So yeah, well,
0: that's even better. But any yeah, any fun stories that you guys would want to share from conversations that you've had or the clips that you know got posted or shared. Uh, one would just love to kind of start kind of with that. I was going to say like, since recording, yeah, back in October, it's kind
3: of a similar story to the one you're just telling, but like, yeah, I've had a handful of people just, you know, randomly reached out to me on LinkedIn. It's like, Oh, I heard you on this podcast. And then like, I actually, you know, went back and forth messaging with some of these people and like, there was one guy in particular, like, I yeah, just had like my exact same story pretty much. And I was like, we're pretty much the same person here. where he had different companies like on the other side of the country or whatever. And it's just like, cool to hear that experience and like that people are going through the same things or like have the exact same background or even just similar experiences from completely different backgrounds. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah. similar of the story you're just telling with that guy in Canada. Yeah. It's, it's really cool to hear that people are listening and, um, you know, going through the same experiences that you are.
0: Yeah. So true. Cutler, what do you got?
4: Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that was, that was my fault, but you know, I work with a celebrity and is right? Hamza. So I don't, I, I, I haven't had that experience yet of someone coming up to me. Uh, I mean, I've maybe got a couple of notes on LinkedIn, which is good, but uh, I guess that's I got to I gotta, I gotta go
0: solo. Cause not, uh, you know, my guy takes on light. So. I, I don't know. I, your guys' episode was so fun. One, because I think what was interesting is the week before we released your guys' episode, um, someone had reached out asking about other companies that were, you know, kind of on the venture side of it. And I was like, Hey, wait till you get to hear uh, some of this stuff. And I ended up sending it to them and they're like, man, this is exactly the questions that I was curious to know about. And like, I kind of always thought this was like under the table stuff that people didn't talk. Anyway, it was just like a really like well-timed thing. And uh, it was just, Awesome to be able to kind of share what you guys uh, had talked about on the episode. Well, well, I mean, so a conversation that's been coming up recently has been like,
1: even since that podcast, the amount of different uh, job titles that have been created. So obviously, like I've been seeing like operational excellence become more of a standard at a companies. I mean, you have these these new type of job titles, and I'm curious here too. Like, everybody here has kind of like helped pave the way at their company for like what your job, like description is. Like, I think. Anthony, when I first met you, my job description was innovation manager. And I pretty much napkin sketched that between me, Todd McCabe and Jack Morin of like, that was my title when I joined the company. And, you know, obviously these roles are becoming more defined over time. Like, has anybody seen some newer titles or or any predictions on kind of like the next couple, even the next year of like how they see their internal structure changing? I think anything I've learned, uh, over this time period
4: is that uh, with how quickly things are moving and I, I'm done making predictions about anything, to be honest with you. So <laughs> I'm kind of just like, I'm going to fly by the seat of my pants at this point, but uh, <laughs> no, I think, I think it's good though. And I mean, honestly, we did the same thing, right? It was like, you know, when we were trying to uh, stand up disrupt tech, it was like, all right, well, what, what should your title be like? I don't know. Like, uh, you know, and then we like asked around a little bit. And so you're starting to see again, like some kind of more unique titles that hopefully become more standard. Right. Cause that means. You know, people are really starting to push the bounds. Um, you know, when you see more and more people with innovation, because it's it's that way in other industries, right? So it's nice seeing that uh, really penetrate the you know engineering construction world.
0: Nicole, I'm curious to know. I mean, you from the consulting side, you probably get to interact with a whole host of different of titles. Yeah, yeah, are there ones that stand out that you've even kind of seen? Even, I mean, nine months ago was a long time, but even like from our conversation, like what? Which ones have stood out maybe that have been more common or ones that are just like, whoa, that's like crazy unique?
5: Yeah, I think like the construction technologists, obviously, and the operations uh, excellence like crew um, have been the ones that have been really predominant amongst the folks that I'm working with. Um, and I kind of love the fact that that kind of lends itself to, um, actually kind of saying we are here to make things better. Um, and that's how a couple of CFOs and CEOs have kind of, um, pitched it to me or pitched it back to me when we were trying to define these roles in-house. Um, so I, I definitely see that that's kind of where the industry is going within the titling, but, um. You know, I, I think that that's also pretty vague in some regards, because <laughs> I think that it's not as um, like hot and dry, um, like the obviously, uh, you know, head of innovation, that's big. Um, but again, what does that encompass? Does that encompass your BIM, does that encompass your um, scanning, like all of the different operations, who's actually doing um, all of the, you know, data mapping and all of that, because it's so complex. Um, but. Typically, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing those, two.
0: Totally. That's the problem at um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. One, how often does your role get now kind of, or your title, maybe get uh, mixed up with chief innovation officer versus chief information officer? At, one, I'm, I'm curious to know that, but two, I'll let you kind of speak to that point, too. Yeah, I think,
2: I think- so the tough things around the titles is, you know, what is, you know, are you a CTO, CSO, CSO, you know, all those different things. Cause depending on the size of your company, depending on what you, the hats you have to handle. And most people handle a lot of different hats, especially in our industry where we, um, you know, invest in all these things and want to be innovative and, and will be innovative, but we also have to be on budget on time and be Cognizant or respectful of the client and what they need and their their wants for for all the stuff that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, for the titles for us or what we you know we try to do is the title, hopefully will empower the the person that has it, giving them the stature that's needed, but also the ability to talk to vendors to be able to take the time to do that. When you are an APM and you're the innovation person you're really being an APM. You're not really, you know, you really focus, you know, you're, it's secondary to you. And what I'm hopeful with all these titles is that this can then be your first thing, right? Your first thing can be the emerging technologies or innovation or those things that someone for me who has you know, in a leadership role, having to have those, I want them to be there not half in half out. And then if a job gets busy, all of you worked on jobs, know that stuff happens. And all of a sudden that takes precedence. So, the fact that the industry is seeing the need to let people focus on those things, and it's worth something to us, and it's valuable, that's really the hope. And I think that's where, I've, even though the titles are all kind of getting moved around, the fact that we're recognizing that this is a need, operational excellence, innovation, emerging technology, v, all that stuff, just like for those of you on the call that are VDC and emerging you know, your role didn't exist. You kind of built it yourself. Probably you came into it, you created it, you sh- showed your value. So the work that was done there, I think is paying off to see these these better or at least more um, front facing and focused.
0: I think a word you said that like totally resonates to not only I think us as individuals, but the listeners too that we've heard from is like having a role that it fe- makes them feel empowered. Like I love what you said about, Hey, this reality of you're reaching out to someone and they're an APM, like that isn't their normal, like day-to-day stuff. And just as some of the listeners that have reached out and asked us about, you know, guests and who's on and topics and things like that, like it's really something that they're wanting to ask and know more about is like, hey, like if I do have an opportunity to, you know, come up with a title that makes sense for me. I I love what you said, just about like make sure it can empower you as the person that, you know, is fulfilling that role. Jesse, what what thoughts you got? Um, w- Talking about titles one of the things that's always kind of a I'm,
6: I'm trying to find the best way to elevate or pitch the difference between innovations and emerging technology for us because we've got innovations group and i'm not in that that's specifically out of technology it's underneath our self-perform group and then i'm emerging technology inside of our technology group um so i was wondering how many how many groups out there how many companies out there do have a distinction between those two do you have innovations and also more i think a more i'm more near term like the, the rough sketch is like five to ten years in robots is innovation Six to twelve months in off-the-shelf technology is emerging tech. Looking for problem statements and answering them. Um, so, does anybody else in your, in your teams? Do you guys differentiate between those two like that?
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah. The focus for focus for us, or at least the thought, is innovation isn't just technology. It's process. It can be almost anything, and we do need someone to focus on technology and focus on, like you said, the emerging technologies because that's a different thing. It may it may not even be. Something solely innovative about it, but that's where the world's going, and we got to, even though it's it's not that different, it's something new, right? And then beyond yeah. that, making an interview. So you can't. You, we, our goals always, our focus with innovations has always been, it's not a, just about technology. It's right, you know, and and we shouldn't keep the blinders on when it comes to that.
6: Yeah, and and I keep process under my you know my umbrella as well. So you know, when someone comes with a problem statement, the answer to that problem might be an existing tool. we already had they just didn't know about it you know it might be modifying that tool hey cmic can also do this um or it could be a process change you know we might look at that as a process change or it might be okay let's go test out some different facilities management tools things like that so i try and not stay blind to process stuff as well
0: yeah and i think that was a really common theme (laughs) what's funny brian and i sat in this role of like hearing all of your guys' conversations and being like holy cow, these are like such commonalities from each of these conversations. And one of those is specifically what you're saying, Jesse, is like, it's not just about the technology. And of course, like we know that, but I think for folks that are like tuning in and listening, it's like, hey, broaden that out. Like, is it a process? Is that something that needs to be like mapped out differently than just technology? Because unfortunately, and we talked about this in a lot of episodes too, is like, hey, there's a tech responsibility to this as well of like not just coming at it with like, hey, this is the new tool. This is what you should use. Like do go and do this. And, and so anyway, it was just, it's interesting to hear you guys hit on that again, because that was such a common theme, not only just in our individual conversations, but as you like really progress through uh, the yeah. second uh, half of the season too.
7: And even go for before it. that,
0: John, you had something? Yeah, John, go for it.
7: I was just going to talk about uh, titles and how uh, it's kind of actually helped us by putting a title in that's specific to technology before salespeople would go and get every single project manager because they're they they could not go and look at linkedin and find that person to go point of contact and so they just shotgun blasted the entire company and uh just hoping that someone returned an email that they would somehow gets the right person so um you know if you don't have that in your company um it doesn't need to be something you know like innovation merging technologies like those get a little scary i think to some of the smaller guys out there like you got to remember, we're not all ENR top 100 or ENR top 200. So, like some of these companies, you know, they just need someone who's just, hey, the technology guy, right? No one likes to be called like the tech guy or I. It is my least favorite if someone calls me it. But um, you know, I'm, I'm director of technology is my role, uh, and, and that's just it knows that ev- other people outside of Andrus know that okay, hey, go to John to to get in with technology to Andrus. and it, it basically opens a door for for your company rather than having everyone be that door.
0: Yeah. Well said. Uh, ben, go for it here.
7: Uh, I was going to say something else before, but now I want to uh,
3: <laughs> tag along to what John was saying. So like, that's what my role is supposed to be too. I'm supposed to be that initial filter, you know, salespeople, new, new tech, new software, whatever is supposed to like come to me first. And that's how it ideally should work. But, you're talking about blasting just to every PM at our company. That will still happen even after I turn them down or something. That's, that's the bad part. Demo, I'll do a trial or something. And then like a few weeks later, I get an email from one of our PMs or something. It's like, hey, have you uh, seen this before? And I'm like, yeah, I did a demo with those guys two <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> and I said, no, we weren't interested because it doesn't fit in our workflow.
7: Yeah, uh, we so- almost need to do a, a podcast on teaching tech salespeople. How we work on our side, because I think a lot of people are just like, I need to send out emails, I need to cold call people, I need to, I need to set more meetings, and it's like, no, do this, do this in a systematic way, that you know that we're not going to all be like, I can't stand that person who keeps reaching out to me. You know who you are if you're watching this. The ones you need to hear would not be the the ones
3: listening to us. (laughs) I did. Yeah, Yeah, they're probably not listening. Actually, you're right. Yeah. I did actually do that once, John. I'm pretty sure it was with Procore actually. It was while I was trying out some new feature of Procore. I can't remember what it was, but I ended up getting on a call with like, and there were like 10 people or something from Procore. And they and it was their like salespeople. And they're like, hey, for someone who gets pitched to all the time, like what can we do differently and stuff? How like that was really refreshing call actually it was really nice to be able to
0: provide i think you just came up john with the season four theme and topic uh (laughs) and i are just dying over here with uh smiles and laughs from what we what we hear on on this side of life but Charles, what what do you got well to
2: tag on to that you'd have to start in college because the people you would have trained may move on and then the new people calling you are the first level people at that company again so it, yeah. the turnover factor and in, in those those things so no matter what you set for that person or that team they change a little bit but i think um you know to speak of innovation and speak on the different rules that people kind of fostered and to your point with the titles it's the it's the strength and the power to say no to technology that you are not ready for as a company you are not ready for as a group doesn't it it could be great and innovative and you probably and you, you you may feel like you're getting passed by by that, that thing and you can waste time, money and effort because you aren't ready culturally, you're not ready to implement. And that's, that's where I think being able to focus in and having that empowered role to be able to say no, right. To be able to not waste your time testing something because you guys aren't ready for it. Are you, you know, it doesn't matter that it's, 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 you know, it's, you're still going to build those buildings. You're still going to win those contracts. You're still going to do it you, because your company's going to do that. It's done it without those things already, you know. But that's I think that's a, especially with the younger people coming up or the people moving into these roles, that ability to be like this isn't right for us, even though you got some senior person saying we need to use this because it's got a pretty this or this and that. We got to and you and you have you are the expert and have to have the strength to say this is not right for us right now. Our data isn't in the right place.
0: We don't have the right training, all that kind of stuff. Man, so well said. I just, I don't know if we talk about enough, like the power of no, and that's such a like helpful yet like very applicable thing to kind of share, not only with, no matter where you're at, you know, in kind of your tenure within the industry, but yeah, great, great point. Cutler, what do you got? Yeah. I mean, just to, just to add a little bit on there too,
4: like, uh, yeah, I mean, that's actually Tends to be sort of a challenge for us at times too, because um, you know we 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 obviously want to enable our folks to uh, you know think outside the box and be exploring solutions, right? But um, uh, more often than not, when when I find out that uh, you know we do some vetting, even a pilot in some cases, and we give pretty structured feedback to the to the company, and it's like, hey, this doesn't really work for us, or you know, here's what we really need, that you guys can't quite deliver yet. Let's kind of table it and revisit later on uh they it's in one ear out the other and the next thing I know you know I've got you know some APMs or somebody else in the company coming out and and again it's like positive because it's like it's great like I want to encourage that but it's hard sometimes to capture that and and a lot of times it'll get uh kind of pretty far down the road by the time it bubbles up you know from one channel or another right in the company and it's like uh haven't found a good way to kind of stage gate some of that stuff yet and again not saying you know we need to be the gatekeeper for all things technology right but um it helps especially with some of these startups that are just out selling right and selling a lot of things that they actually can't deliver on you know to to be like that's that's what we're here for is the vet so you guys you know so our teams don't have to spend the time doing that but unfortunately they'll get had from from every now and then but it's definitely something that you know we we struggle with for sure is like stage getting that and i was going to say just on top of that there was an interesting survey that came out back to the titles piece about uh it was axa and i think building ventures uh and it's kind of dated at this point but it was pretty interesting correlation between who has like tech and innovation titles and and again it's a couple of years dated but out of the top ENR 400 it was like uh you know folks with the team with a tech team or titles of innovation emerging technology from the inr top 400 was between 3 to 6 and then obviously you know, it's like sliding scale. So the closer to the top you are you our top 100, they're more likely to have more. And then as you kind of go down, it's like slims a bit, but there was an interesting correlation of a pretty, I wouldn't say meaningful number, but of like whether those titles were in companies that were experiencing growth or not, and they were correlated positively. So ideally it's like, if you did have, you know, a if you did have folks on your team with technology and innovation roles, they tended to be in those higher performing categories as far as a company so again i'm probably have people tooth and nail you know uh want to come at me for that in one way or another but uh, i thought that was an interesting piece
1: so. what, what, what was that? that What so was today. what was that reference sorry you, you mentioned the name um so it was so
4: axa did a did a survey i believe with building ventures um and this was late uh it's probably early 2021 now so it's a couple couple years dated I still think it was yesterday right but um but, yeah, that was kind of the interesting correlation. So I'll dig
1: some of that stuff up, and I'll send it to you guys so you can reference it or link it or whatever.
0: Yeah, I think you mentioned it in your
7: episode, actually. I remember yeah, I
1: was, you guys You, you, you mentioned, about yeah, he had some reference. I, I was wondering if that was
0: the same one. John, go for it.
7: So can of jump back into the power of no? Come on. Uh, yeah, say no to Google Glasses, right? Back, <laughs> back- only Apple VR. Yes. Uh, no, so uh, I was going to kind of add um, – something I've gotten from the tech companies that we've worked with is they're always like, well, that's not on our roadmap, right? It's such a great uh, kind of slide to the side. Like, Hey, whatever you're trying to sell me, like I've got a roadmap of things that I want to implement at the company. And like someone was saying, you know, we're not ready for that yet. You know, we might not be ready for a, a piece of tech right now, but you know, we're planning for that. And so I've got to fit you into my roadmap and like, you know, you're not going to do laser scanning before you start a VDC, like BIM department, right? Like that's something that's got to be, one thing's got to go before the other, right? And so I think, I think uh, reality captures like the entry level, like the, you know, document stuff like Procore and then, and then getting into reality captures like that second, right? From there, like you can kind of decide where your road leads you. But um, just, I was curious if anybody else has like a roadmap or like a plan of attack for what what thing that they're reviewing at a time and like which direction they want to go with tech at their company. Yes. Yes.
6: I'll I'll jump on that. That's the uh, combination of the roadmap and the power of no thing is, you know, the a lot of times the answer I gave is you know, this is a great tool, but I'm not getting asked to solve that problem right now. You know, so it's not even necessarily we have a roadmap of every technology, but especially in my group or everything is based around getting problem statements from our operations group. And people haven't given me a problem statement. I might think it's really cool, but I obviously don't have that ask at that point. Now the answer might be, people that have some cool uh, solutions to things might get out and demo to some jobs. Maybe I should set up some jobs that are forward thinking that wanna look at stuff. That job then identifies, hey, I do have a problem here and I would like to get it solved. And so then that gets, that could become the ask for us. But also i am noticing some tools, especially the ones that are like, hey, we're a platform. You know, we do 1,800 things. It's so cool is, yes, they might solve like four or five little problem things that are out there, but they could be things that people just see, oh, that's just the way it is in construction. You know, it's just always going to be that way. I'm not even going to bother submitting a problem because how are we ever going to solve that? Well, you add four or five of those together, that might actually become a big, hairy enough problem that it is worth having a platform that solves that. Um, so it looks like that that's stirred on some other
0: comments there. I need a hot take button over here because <laughs> the hot take question I want to ask is like, what are the things that you guys are being sold right now that aren't problem statements? Like, what are some of those things that you guys are seeing that don't necessarily fit into the problem statements that you're trying to solve? Do you want us to get hate mail? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think said hot us take. Us to specifically, call out software. <laughs> right well, I think you guys the- call out their name, but I'm just saying, People, like, what hey. They do?
3: <laughs> And if I if think you want to, that's that: some, some of them, though, might be feature specific where you could really figure out. Yeah. Them. Yeah.
7: I can't <laughs> even drop the feature specific thing because it's going to basically be like, oh, it's, that's one person.
6: Okay. I we'll categorize it. That. Well, let's say we're on the call with Joan Deploy. I still don't need, uh, you know, cut fill of soil on my job because I'm not the civil guy. You know, it's, it's neat. They're just cool
0: taking shots at us. So, that that, way that way works. I just, hey, that's everyone's you get. open.
6: But nothing's a <laughs> bad thing, but I don't need it. My civil guy needs that. That's his risk, not my risk. I'm totally. sorry, Charlie you had your hand up too. Oh, well, yeah, Charlie,
0: you're talking
2: roadmap. Well, I think it it leads right into this. I think the art of the art of this for us in and, and for me over the years has been paying attention to what's coming, having a flexible roadmap that can be agile as things come. But yes, understanding what no one's asking me for right now, and maybe that's not right for me to take on because time, effort, money. In need but there are things that no one's asked me for but I need to change I need to because if I don't start trying to change it now we're not going to be ready when it hits us and that's you know and I've been doing this for a while with two different large companies so the focus on what's coming in picking the right tool that we think will be there with us even though I'm going to only use part of it now or slip, uh, or only going to introduce it into my world now I'm really focused when we do implementations in in roll stuff out is to try to set, try to focus on making sure the base is there. And then we build on that base and not just go for the scope creep that happens And that scope creep that happens many times is that one little thing that someone thinks they need, but the 99 other things we solve, they don't, they ignore because that one thing's not there. Well, let's, let's try to eliminate that and focus on the good, right? And sometimes the good isn't shiny, isn't seen as innovative, but it's giving you the nice base for you to get to the shiny in the news. Data is a huge thing. If your data isn't right, Power BI, what other data you have is never going to work. If you don't enter the change order in the right way, you don't cost it, right? You're never going to get good reports. And so Charles
0: going two for two here with his uh, viral quote. Uh, right. I mean, I think we said stuck that, in st- my head. <laughs> I think what you said that stood out is I've never heard of scope creep applied to a tech company. Cause that is so true, right? right. It's like we yeah. get led down this path. That's every like, happens in every, almost every meet.
2: Someone comes to me, Hey, I want to do this. We do it. We do it. We come back. Well, I, Oh, I want to do that. I'm like, no, we gotta, let's do this. And then we'll add that later, you know, but every, every meeting, unless you're clear and you're defined and what you go, someone, And for me, scope creep happens in the conversation. I'm envisioning something that I think you're saying you are envisioning something completely different, right? Because we think differently. They're, they're on a construction dive all day. They think that's up. I'm more of a, on the tech side. So I'm looking at it through my lens. They're looking at it through their lens. So the scope creep happens without us even knowing it because they didn't realize that what I was saying wasn't going to manifest in the same fashion.
0: Yeah. Well, well said, uh, Many, yeah, lots of great follow-up thoughts to that Ben. go for it.
3: Uh, I'm trying to remember what I was going to say now something more related to the beginning of what char was just talking about, uh, but like recognizing that your company does need this new software technology solution or whatever your company. I, I think I was going to say something along the lines of like, even if you recognize you need it, you also need to know the type of like technology culture you have at your company because maybe you recognize that you need this new Workflow technology, whatever. But like, if you know your project teams well enough, your field teams, whoever, y- you might realize, okay, these 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 teams aren't ready for this right now. Like, it's not going to fit into their workflow. So like, that can be a time to say that you need to say no as well if you know that they're not going to actually adopt it. Um, so maybe you need to find a different solution that solves a similar problem, but that will work with that team's workflows.
0: Yeah, well, I think what's interesting, too, is hopefully a takeaway for the folks tuning in is like, hey, control what you can control. If you have a well-defined, like, roadmap or just even direction, let's just call it that for simplicity's sake, like, that can be incredibly helpful in these conversations, in these phone calls that, you know, you're getting reached out to and you're diving into. Like, it just helps bring a lot of clarity, which is, I think, oftentimes uh, never uh never in abundance in some things that we deal with and so yeah great great points to make there john any thoughts to that
7: i was gonna go back to the thing where you wanted us to get hate mail on and i i think i finally Please. figured out what hate mail i want um uh, but it's john.andris at no, no, just <laughs> yeah yeah give him that one uh yeah uh no my, my my thought is the furthest thing on the on our roadmap right now is probably like really rolling out vr like you know, as from a trade side or like prefab side, maybe VR's got some some stuff there, but uh I think it's got a long way to go. Um, and maybe that's a hot take. Uh, but uh yeah, we need we need the button back from ground right though um but you know, I I just see it being something harder for me to like implement implement VR goggles and, and that whole thing. I think who is implementing it? Like who's, exactly.
2: who's really doing it everywhere. Some large companies, we have large companies that do it on two jobs. That doesn't mean that they're doing it throughout the industry, but they can promote it that way and they're going to, they're going to sell it that way. But when you dig in, so that's, and I think that's the hardest thing for the small companies to medium to large is, you know, what you see sometimes is being done and tested, maybe on a handful of jobs, but isn't pervasive, you know, throughout the industry or company. I remember seeing 4D bin 20 years ago or whatever it was and, no one was even doing it, right? You know, so, you know, it was like, but some company was presenting on how they were doing 4D BIM. Yeah, now It's a marketing basically. campaign.
5: Right. At the end of the day, I feel like sometimes it's just a marketing campaign. If you actually aren't practically getting benefits from it, from an operational standpoint, if it's not reducing your risk, if it's not reducing safety instance or quality failures, I think that it is almost a marketing pitch, unfortunately.
2: But it, adds that, it adds to that fact of, you might you might not be ready yet but you can start setting some groundwork for it you can start Definitely. getting educated you can start learning about you can start seeing where that opportunity might be for you to jump in on it so it's it's the balance between no but no but maybe later
7: or maybe a little yeah you know
2: maybe a little
8: you know so
7: yeah like the ipad so back in the day ipad before it came out we were putting drawings on it you know just like now you can use a VR headset and you can do something on it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm also going to pay for the SAS behind it. And you know, that, that, that model is going to work. Uh, can, we,
0: can we just all coin the term Hollywood BIM? I feel like I've heard it said in so many other different like <laughs> phrases and notes. I, I don't know. Hashtag that. And because it, it, it's so true. I, I think what you guys are talking about, again, is helpful for the listeners to hear too, of like, wait, other people might think that too, that maybe that's just <laughs> a nice shiny thing and it's not as applicable, but Patrick, I want to go to you and then color.
8: I see your hand up too. But Patrick, what do you got? Um, when you print those t-shirts that say Hollywood Bim, I'm ready to buy a whole box of them and <laughs> hand them out to uh, <laughs> okay. an well, audience. You'll be people. the first I'll send it to. Maybe my maybe favorite we'll wrestler make an Etsy store and
0: uh, see what. Or what a hat.
8: Yeah. Well, that wasn't my only comment though. That that's uh, that's funny. Um I, I think it's neat the the audience, us right here, right? We we uh such an awesome crowd here. And we're it seems like we're influential in the different regions that we're in right and uh we have the power to um talk with other contractors that don't have the uh capabilities that all of us have right uh especially a lot of trade partners um uh, someone mentioned the enr top whatever earlier but i think the majority of contractors on job sites probably just don't understand how to get into any of this stuff even if it's as simple as opening a 3d model right and providing value so we're here and we can ultimately educate them as you know, a lot of us are GCs and we have access to some of these tools, but there are tools that we don't need. Right. Uh, And we've talked about that quite a lot because trade partners might need tools uh, in the, in the tech world that might not even make sense for a general contractor at all. Right. Like the VR discussion and prefab layout tools, right. If we're not self-performing. Right. But we're always there. We can help educate on that. And then, um, Going back to the other point of, I'm curious of what what are the roadblocks or barriers are out there for us and other contractors? And what comes to my mind too is, um, are there designers out there that are generally pushing back? Designers or even owners, are they pushing back against some of this tech? Or are they scared of it, right? Um, is there cost, you know, big cost speed bumps in the way slowing people down and i know at least from my perspective i think there's conversations have been had right design teams just generally maybe they are scared of what's coming um if we ever want to dive into ai right or even generative design in, in those regards so i kind of all over the place but i've been in the background just listening and all these all these thoughts flying through my head i'm just kind of i knew curious. that was a loaded gun there patrick so that's yeah. why i was
0: like all right release patrick here uh, i but- lost the internet
8: i gotta go Design <laughs> questions are actually on our <laughs> works, lost bad, yeah.
0: The design questions are actually on our sister podcast design different, but uh it's a good point. Uh, the architectures, I'm just uh, that's an absolute joke. Sorry, guys. I was about I was to say I've never really really, really I was really <laughs> weird <laughs> enough uh that I went too far. Anyway, uh no, it's a good it's a good point, And I think that's what it's been really fun about this is like Brian and I had no idea what conversations we were gonna have at Procore and you guys came along and the conversations clearly had a theme around it and it's been really cool to see what, you know, what's come from it. And and yeah, it's great. Great points, Patrick. I, I love the thoughts that are two color. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, just kind of coming full circle
4: with it. So, uh, shout out, uh, the cut fill has actually been valuable for us on some non-civil projects. <laughs> so I'll just, I'll just replug that, Take uh, that Jesse. And no, I'm just
0: kidding.
6: <laughs> yeah.
4: And then, uh, also going to the, uh, don't, uh, we, we've had some success with VR from safety training perspective and and getting immersive experiences around hazards and hazard awareness that stands out more than watching a video and a photo. Um, however, the challenges are real about deploying this, right? And from, you know, talking from, you know, uh, inside the industry and outside the industry, even like folks like Abu Allen that's, you know, one of the lead uh, contractors for the government, right, that's training people to do all sorts of types of complex missions like they're utilizing vr but they've even seen the challenges and how you know rollout is is challenging and that's with you know the government that is a separate story but they've got an unlimited budget at the end of the day right so things like that that so there's complexities with it um and then i would just throw into like i don't need any more one-stop shop uh uh, project management tools like just don't 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 need them right now so folks on the point solutions that's something that i look for in startups right it's just as important when they talk about what they do as what they don't do, right? And they know they know where they start and stop and where they sit into the picture. That, that is pretty, pretty eye-opening for me when I'm having conversations with these companies that are pretty early on in building something. And I'm like, that's good to know instead of the uh, outside of they start listing off their entire roadmap and they're going to solve all my problems in a very short period of time. So um, yeah, I'll just leave that one there.
0: We, we don't know who from the tech side is listening to this, but we hope there's some folks. I mean, clearly you guys are giving a lot of the, the playbook and roadmap for some of those conversations. But yeah, it's a good point. Ben, you got anything?
3: I got to tag on to two comments. First, Cutler, uh, you're talking about looking for those point solutions. Like, so yeah, it's look for those point solutions that work with your whole project management system, though. It can't just be a siloed point solution, um, maybe for certain specific things. But yeah, for the most part, If it's not integrating into the full overall tech stack, then that point solution is worthless to me. Um, So I want to say that. But then going back to what Patrick was talking about, uh, he was asking about like roadblocks of of, uh, like, you know, owners, are they prohibitive of like using these new techs and stuff? And I just want to say like, I've seen it across the board. Like, yes, some of them are like, okay, you know, smallest budget possible. We don't want to do any of these extras that, you know, aren't helpful to the project, even though we all know they are. Um, but then, like we have some other owners who are like, you know, won't even give a specific example. They're like, "Hey, what new cool things can we try on this job?" Uh, they might not say cool; they might say, "You know, useful," which it actually is. But uh, <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say, though? Like, they want to try new innovative things on the projects, and you know, maybe it's just to make the project go more efficient. Maybe it is just a marketing thing for them so that they can say, "Oh, we're trying this." But it's it's great to see those owners that actually care about trying new innovative solutions even if they're not directly like immediately benefiting it from it as much as we are as a gc so yeah i've seen that across the board but it's I've, it's great to see those owners that do actually care need more of that right
5: yeah <laughs> where are you finding these people
3: oh they're
4: doing <laughs> it there just they're uh, they're 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 not the they're not the the common but uh, it definitely helps it really helps it right when when you have the flexibility to to get creative and to
7: really kind of push the balance, right? Yeah, They're not in Cheyenne, Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> so Maybe I, they vacation there. I, I feel like
5: a lot of the times um, I'm finding that some of the GCs and trade partners I'm working with have had almost roadblocks put in place um, because the owners want to deploy construction tech in their own right and capture data in their own right. Um, and it's creating issues with not having shared data systems or CDX pl- like in place before projects kick off. So people are doing the same entry on four different platforms or one platform for them, one platform for the GC, one platform for the owner. So I'm hopeful that in the next couple of years, we see much more integrated systems or CDX um, plugins that allow this data to shift naturally um, work in a controlled facet, because I think that the owners, in their own right, want to explore what the benefits are to them for deploying similar technology.
7: Oof. I think everyone's like lips are sealed because we don't all want to get in trouble for this one. <laughs> hey so I, I, we're we're yeah, we're getting in trouble, get in trouble all day. Right? <laughs> I,
1: yeah. I, I mean, I think it's just we're talking re- we're talking reality right? And then I guess it, it depends on the type of technology, like specifically with us, like we are a documentation tool. And I think a lot of that should live at the contractor level. And I guess it benefits multiple people. I mean, how it gets handed over is another conversation, but-
6: do sell at,
2: anything to owners and just sell it to us.
1: Yeah. And and that's what that's why we focus right? I on I mean, it. that's
2: the problem. This has been the same problem. I've been doing this for a long time. And 20 years ago, we felt the same way. If we just had one system that the owner could use the architect could use but the architect has their system we have our system even now there's different you know different tools to take pictures walk the sites that our one client would have another client won't have we don't we don't have it you know and um the world's better now that apis and integrations are 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 stronger it's just that but when you dig in deep especially for the startups or the newer company like they may not have the resources to focus on the AP, the openness that you need to make it work for you, for that client, for that job, for that 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 world. Or you may not have the
0: expertise in house to 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 make it work. So we talked uh, about that a little bit yesterday, or we talked about it on the first reunion episode a little bit of like, uh, you know, a common question that Brian and I didn't think would garner a whole host of responses, but we asked it in pretty much every episode. I was like, hey, what what's the tech's responsibility here? And how can we really help in this initiative of making things less confusing? And someone mentioned purely just API documentation. And gosh, we haven't hit to this topic. and We only have a few minutes left. But just how that's been like API documentation for uses with AI and like ChatGPT and like this this idea of like how that has become so much easier to do and a lower barrier of entry with the right documentation, which... Maybe I'm talking about season five's topic, which who knows where AI is going to be uh, in that sense. But sorry, Jesse, go for it. (laughs) Uh,
6: So just uh, not going on the AI part of it first, but just companies that say they have a documented API and their understanding of what documented means is maybe not what I understand. Um, Just because you use it internally successfully for many years and then turned it on to public doesn't mean that it's usable. Um, Very recent burn scars on, on that one, which has been fun. Maybe there um, should be a
0: public scoring system for your API and or just let the... Like, you
6: know, what I do is I keep examples of the, do- of the companies that I think have good documentation when someone asks, like, I want something as good as this and just send them that, you know? Mm. And so that's one way that I'm able to at least, you know, there, of course, no one wants to admit they haven't done as good a job, but that's an example I can usually give. Totally. Um, and then the AI side of it, like I don't... Integrating in APIs with AI, not necessarily not even touched that yet, leads me to the question though that I think a lot of us are seeing out there is, Uh, people trying to rely on AI to write your code and that kind of stuff, and people mistakenly putting uh, IP and proprietary information into these models, not thinking about the fact that now your IP is part of the model. Um, We've all seen, you know, we've seen like the the lawyer stories like writing bad briefs, but that's not as bad in my opinion as like putting your company's IP in there um, and making sure you think about wherever you can, like even if you want to like have it do some custom scanning of things inside a BIM model. Instead of putting your information or your structure or something into the AI, say, hey, give me a Python plugin I can put into Revit or whatever that uses these classes and this structure and that kind of stuff that can find this for me. Then you check it, make sure it's not saying also send all this information to, you know, China and Russia. But, you know, that's that's a way to think about, you know, you're you're separating and never letting the two touch, right? And let the AI write some programming for you. You put it into your and look at your system and do your own thing with it man,
0: why did I bring this up or why did we bring this up know, at the end, end of, uh, but what's crazy guys, I know this is, I know we're getting to time here, but can we just appreciate the fact that the words or the letters GPT didn't really resonate with any of us when we recorded these episodes it's like a that whole other episode, Let's like go, that man. is crazy <laughs> to think that, I mean, and shame on us for taking so long to get them out and, editing, but too, like, that is crazy. Like if that happened, you know, or how much has happened since, you know, nine months ago when we were recording these, uh, it's just crazy to think. And uh, I, I hate to be the time check uh, one, mainly because I want to respect your guys' time and schedules too. Uh, this has been super fun. We are just super humbled that you guys would give up your time uh, to come back. Honestly, we had no idea that many people would be interested and that you guys would be so excited to, to come back. And so thank you. Uh, we hope the folks that are tuning in and listening are also super encouraged to have as many of you around this circle and Uh, If you have a chance to go to some of these conferences here coming up uh, in the fall that you guys would reach out on LinkedIn, like, please do connect and uh, have a chance to meet some of these individuals that we've had on. It's been a true, just humbling experience. Uh, And Brian, I just want to kind of give you the last say before we sign off too.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, the last thing I want to challenge everybody in this room particularly is after this, maybe find an episode. I gave the same challenge to the other group is. Find an episode of maybe that you wouldn't have originally listened to of somebody else here, and reach out to them and start a conversation. Like I guess, built different has become more than just a podcast. It's it's slowly becoming our community, and I think you know conversations between each other and then you know just getting more involved with everybody is going to be is is really the way forward. And especially with you know the biggest thing I realized with Matt is there are a lot more Matts than people in this room who are. They are the technology department at their company, and you know if we can just kind of give back and you know lessons learned back to others, I, I think that's really the the way we kind of give back and it kind of helps that legacy.
0: Thank you all so much again. This has been really fun. We hope you guys are even more excited. the The stuff that we've been recording for the next season, which will come out really at the early part of July, has uh, been really cool. Uh, and again, please, like Brian said, share, listen, give us feedback. So. Thank you all for tuning in. Super fun and we'll we'll catch up with you guys here again soon. Make sure to subscribe to Build Different on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Let's build this community together.